Yes, people, it is Friday and we're coming in with the funk. As we do, we're taking a look at some of the news stories floating around right now. So sit back, people, and let's get into some of this craziness, all right? So we all know by now, right? A couple of legends have uh, parted ways with the UFC. So we can um, approach them both separately. Let's look at um, Alistair Overeem. You know, the Reem. He, uh, you know, he's been at the UFC for a while. He's been in combat sports for a while. You know what I mean? I think that's the big thing. It's funny, I, if we talked about this before, um, I believe, before his fight with um, Volkov. Because when that fight was signed, you know, even though Overeem said it himself, this is his last run, right? He felt he had one more run and this was it. He, it wasn't like, oh, I'm, I'm retiring if I lose. It was just if I can't make that run for the belt, it's not going to happen, which... You know, you you have to look at it and think that's a very astute fault. Because there's some people who, um, you know, aren't always as rational. And um, I think we're going to get to one of them people a bit later on. But, uh, you know, I mean, it, it's good the fact that he, he kind of realised that. So, if you can't get the bell, right, then... What are you around for? Like, what's the thing? And I think when you're looking at it as an organisation, yes, you could keep Overeem, you know, keep him in the stable and then use him as a gatekeeper. Have people like, um, I don't know, Cyril Gunn, you know what I mean? Tom Aspinall, Chris Dukas, like those sort of fighters, just Parisian. You know, you could have those fighters, you know, challenge him, beat him. And then it's like, oh, and Aspinall has now stopped Alistair Overeen. And this means, and, it, and it's just like, yeah, it, you know, it's good for, you know, the younger fighter, the fighter coming up to some extent. Because you have to understand, you are fighting someone who is, you know, they're in the twilight, right, they, they, they've gone past their peak, so yes, you are beating a big name, but it's not the same big name as when they were murking everyone, right, but do you really want to do that to someone who has, you know, served you well over the years, right, so yeah, I, I, I think it's, it's not really a surprise that he's gone, you know, but looking at it, right, over him, he's 40, he's 40 years old, and he has 
man, he had 14 kickboxing fights, right? 14 kickboxing fights, 67 MMA fights. That's a lot. You mean that is a lot. So in total, in total, he had 81 fights. 81 fights. And remember, those are pro fights, right? So that's not even taking into consideration the amateur fights that, you know, he would have had. And also the training, you know, that wear and tear and the sparring, all of those rounds sparring. That is a lot. It's a lot of damage to the body. And when you um, look at those records, so with the kickboxing, you know, 14 fights, he won 10. Seven of those he won by knockout. But out of the four losses, he lost three by knockout. Right? So there's that. Then in MMA, 67 fights, 47 wins. 47 wins, that's not bad, right, when you've had that many fights, now, out of those 47 wins, 25, he won by knockout, and what's even, you know, just as impressive, 17 by submission, you know what I mean, that's it, like, it's very rare that you find someone who is, you know, scoring nearly the same amount of submissions as knockouts, right, to that extent, you're in double figures, that's, yeah, that's great, you know, and he won five by decision, so he had 19 losses, out of those 19 losses, 15 a knockout, right, 15 a knockout, one was submission, and three were decision, had won no contest, so, you know, 15 knockouts in MMA, three knockouts in kickboxing, that's a lot, right, that's a lot, now, they weren't all Francis and Garno knockouts, thank God, but remember, in Pride, there were soccer kicks, and he fought in Pride for a while, you know, he fought in Pride for a while, man, right, so you have all of that Damage. Now, the great thing is, as of right now, over in, you you detect no issues with the speech. You know, he speaks very well. He's very articulate. I think he said that he'd like to get into. Um, I believe. I mean, maybe I'm making this up, but I believe he said he would like to get into politics. Right, and you think, hey, the way he's speaking and you know holding himself, yeah, he could do that. He could very well do that. So it is a thing when you think about it. It's like, I mean, yes, he could go on. Right, there's there's other places he could fight. Right, there's other places he could fight, and um, you know, I I think that would. You know, he he could do okay Does he need to? Right? Does he need to? That's the big question Because you don't want to You know, you don't want to put that head through Like, too much damage You know what I mean? Like, yeah You do not want that But, hey 
that's what it is, man. That's what it is. But um, if you look at that career, I mean, it's a very good career. Right? It's a very good frigging career, which he started, right? He started as a 19-year-old, you know, in October 1999, right? The 24th of October, to be precise, he beat Ricardo Fiat via submission at um, its showtime. You know, the predecessor to um, glory kickboxing. So, uh, yeah, I think it was at their first event, right? Which, you know, that's pretty good. That is pretty good, right? So he then, you know, had a, a, a decent, you know, outing in, um, you know, the... Uh, Smaller organisations I mean there wasn't many organisations Really at the time Right so Rings M1 It's showtime Too hot to handle And then he made his pride debut On the 20th of July 2002 Right In that debut He he uh, made God damn it <laughs> Got a TKO Got a TKO win over Yusuke Imamura yeah, I, I don't know I'm probably saying that wrong Right, but yeah He uh, he did that Right, and he got some good wins in Pride Had some very memorable moments over in Pride You know Which, um, yeah Impressive Impressive You know, he met, like, ah Man, he had some wars, right Definitely had a lot of roars Roars, wars over there Fighting who's who, right He beat Vitor Belfort Which you're just like, yo, okay Beat Vitor, you know He, um he he did have like uh I think he fought uh Shogun a couple of times in Pride. Fought Shogun a couple of times. He fought um the Doom over in Pride. He lost that one. And um Nagera, he fought him a couple of times in Pride, which he lost. You know? But Hey, he had some other great wins You know what I mean? Had some other great wins You know, which is um, Yeah, very impressive, man Overeem just Man <laughs> He kicked a lot of ass For sure And ended up Right? Ended up um, you know, getting to the semi-finals of the Grump, you know, the big Grand Prix over there. So he did well, right? But he, you know, he won the dream heavyweight belt. Won the dream heavyweight belt. You know? He did that. He won the strike force heavyweight belt. You know, which he held, I believe, at the same time as the dream belt. You know what I mean? So you just look at that and you think, God 
damn. God damn, Overeem. You know what I mean? That's like, whoo, that's impressive. You know, so he had those. He also won the K1 belt, which he had. So he had the Dream, the K1, and the Strike Force all at the same time. So that's Overeem. You know, that's like, so he, he didn't win the UFC belt, but he kicked some ass. Kicked some ass. And, you know, coming to the UFC. Like coming to the UFC, he did some big fucking things, you know. So um, yeah. So he lost to you know the Doom, right in Pride. Well, he avenged that. <laughs> you know what I mean? He avenged that loss, you know, winning the trilogy two to three, two to one. Oy, oh my days! How can you win a trilogy two to three? He won it two to one. Right, so he beat the Doom in Strike Force, and then he beat him in Pride. He beat uh, Mark Hunt a couple of times, you know. So he beat Hunt once in Dream, and then once in uh, once in the UFC. You know, so um, he had some big wins, man. He his debut where he just annihilated Brock Lesnar. That was, oh, that was frightening. <laughs> that was really fucking frightening. You know, he beat Frank Mir. Going Stefan Struve, Roy Nelson. He beat uh, Junior Dos Santos, Andre Aloski. You know, right? he had some huge wins over some huge names. So, Alistair Overing. He might be gone from the UFC, but he will ever, he will ever be, you know what I mean, talked about when people talk about MMA. You know, he is one of those names that, you know, was there from the start, you know, those early days that helped build it, right, that put on some memorable fights. Yeah. That's Alistair Overing, people. So, you know, and um, he did have a statement. He put out a statement, right, which read, um, the final run has come to an end. But what a run it has been. Looking back at my 10 years in the UFC, this has been the experience of a lifetime. Huge thank you to the entire UFC staff, the fans and all the fighters I came across. Couldn't have wished for any other better career path. A special thank you to Dana White and Lorenzo Fertitta for making everything possible. Fighting for all of you has been such an honour. So yeah, always carries himself with class. So, um, you know what I mean? The ream, the demolition man. Man, you know what I mean? It was um, definitely great watching watching these fights. So, yeah, be interesting to see what happens next. But, um, you know, whatever it is, yeah, hope. Hope he does what he wants to do, man. Hope it all works out, you know? So, the other legend who has, you know, just left 
is a Junior Dos Santos, right? The former heavyweight champion. You know, he um he didn't have quite as many fights as um Overing, but he still had a lot, right? So um, yeah, he had thirty thirty fights in total, professional. That is, remember, twenty one wins, right? Twenty one wins, man. So um. 15 by knockout, 1 via submission, and um, 5 by decision. So, 9 losses, 7 of which were knockouts, once by decision and once via submission. He was a uh, jiu-jitsu black belt holder, you know, which is... uh, yeah, I think that's always been a, an impressive thing about the Sonyos, even though we didn't necessarily see it all the time. But he made his UFC debut on the 25th of October 2008 at UFC 90. And I remember the big thing at the time was, so he came in and he was fighting for BCO Verdun. Who people were talking about to be, you know, potentially the next big thing. And uh, Dasonios knocked him out. Knocked him out in, uh, you know, just over a minute. Which was just like, good damn. Okay. He beat Stefan Struve. Right? Beat Stefan Struve. And then beat Crocop. <laughs> so. I mean, what a start, right? What a start to your friggin' UFC career. You're getting all of those friggin' wins. And all at big pay-per-views. So 90, 95, and then 103. Right? So, uh, yeah, not bad, right? Not bad. So, um, he was then, you know... He then fought uh, Gilbert Eves, won that fight, you know, so it was just like, yo, he is, you know, everything was revving up for Dos Anjos, you know, he beat Gabriel Gonzalez, and um, he then went up against, like, uh, Roy Nelson, you know, which was... Yeah, definitely a thing, right? Was Roy Nelson heavy hitter? He'd just been on the Ultimate Fighter, which he'd won. Big country, and Dos Anjos won that, right? So you're just thinking, ooh, <laughs> what's gonna happen now, right? What's gonna happen now? Well, he, uh, you know, he fought Shane Carwin. And, um, you know, beat him. Right? So then he gets to fight Cain Velasquez for the belt. And that was after the UFC had just made a huge deal with Fox. Right? First time on a major network. And, (laughs) man, they were airing the fight live. And Dos Anjos won in Bush just over a minute. It was insane. And then that was it. And we were like, wait, so what? 
<laughs> and it was a huge surprise because Velasquez had been tearing through everyone. And it wasn't like because you just thought, ah, you know, Dosanius isn't that good. But it was just, you know, Velasquez, like the skills, the athleticism, the movement, the speed, like everything was just like, oh, man, it's, it's hard to see who can beat him. And yeah, you know, Dosanius caught him, caught him on the top of the head. Was it the back of the ear? It was one of two, right? And, uh, yeah, got the big win, which was like, yo, you know, so he had the belt, had the belt, man, was the champion, which, uh, yeah, never too shabby. Now, in the, you know, the rematch and then the following fight, they didn't go that well. You know, I mean, they they, they kind of went how a lot of people suspected they might, but. I mean, he, he still has that, you know what I mean, he, he still has the fact that he was a UFC champion, which is, you know, it's definitely, it's definitely big, man, definitely big, he, you know, he won knockout of the night a few times, you know, fight of the night, he, yeah, he was very impressive, you know, for one point, he had the longest winning streak in the heavyweight division, no, you're in. He had records. He had records, man. But yeah, you know, sometimes in those hard times hit, right? Sometimes those hard times hit. Now the big thing is though, another point. He did also beat Stipe. Did beat Stipe. Yeah, and when you think about it, he beat. Dosanios beat, I think it's like five former champions. You know, he beat like uh, Velasquez, he beat uh, Frank Mir, right? He beat, oh, who are the others? Velasquez, Mir, uh, oh yeah, Stipe, <laughs> Stipe, um, God damn, I know there's two more. Oh, I mean, I guess you say Shane Carwin, because Shane Carwin was the interim champion, right? Um, God damn, I, I, feel, I feel there's for Doom, obviously, for Doom. Yeah, so, um, I mean, that's pretty impressive, right? That's pretty impressive. So, yeah, like... Again, Stipe will probably be inducted into the UFC Hall of Fame. You know, I imagine that will happen. And again, he will be talked about, right? He will forever be talked about, you know, when we talk about, right, some of the great shit that happened. You know, the, man, that, just that win over Cain Velasquez. You know, for the fact he fought on the first, you know, network TV card. You know, he, like, he, he did that. Dosanios did that. Right? Be, um, well, knocked out Derek Lewis. Right? Knocked out Tai Tuovasa. Uh, beat Blagor Inovov. 
I mean, he had some big wins. Had some big wins, right? I, and I think the the um, you know, the writing was definitely on the wall because you know the end four win four losses four back to back losses, and when you look at it, right? You 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 look at. Dos and you know those last few fights they weren't they weren't great they weren't great you could see that he's slowed you know age catches up to you right you know he's 37 and he's been in some wars right those the last two fights with Kane oh god damn like he showed Hella toughness, but they took it out of him, right? Those beatings, man, he was never the same after those fights. So, yeah, he's done a lot. He's He's been there for a long-ass time. So, you know what I mean? Hats off to Jumia. Like, he was in the UFC 12 years. You know, he put out a statement... Right, so he said, thanks at UFC for a great 12 years. I fought through MMA's murderer's road to get my shot at the belt. Holding and defending it was one of the great honours of my life. Thanks to every opponent, thanks to every fan and every critic. I'm going to spend some time back at the drawing board, but I'm excited to move on. Oos. So, uh, yeah, it definitely sounds like Junior feels he has still got some gas in the tank. But, whatever happens, I mean, Junior Del Santos, former heavyweight champion. Stand tall, my friend. Stand tall. So, what next, right? What next? I mean, yeah, I guess you can look at it. There are definitely options, right? Now, there were definitely conspiracies going around. But, um, you know, in the build-up to UFC 259, um, Dana was asked. And, yeah, he basically said, look, there there was no, um, you know, bad blood behind the scenes. There were no issues. Everyone liked them. Everyone liked both. They both always took fights. and never, you know, caused any issue. It's just down to fact that, yeah, age. It's clear age had caught up, right? So, yeah, that's it. But, um, you know, when asked, right, the, the president of Risen, he, you know, who... Used to work, you know, run Pride, obviously, right? He said uh, he would be happy to uh, try and work something out with Overeem. You know, I think it was a direct question about Overeem. So, you know, he possibly could um, be thinking of taking JDS as well, right? But, yeah, he said that. And (laughs) whenever... Whenever anything like this happens, oh my gosh, right? <laughs> David Feldman, he crops up. 
<laughs> David Feldman, if you don't realise, is the president of Bare Knuckle FC. And he said, yes, we are interested in both Junior Dos Santos and Alistair Overeem. <laughs> we have already made contact with them and their teams. Let's see what happens. I mean, I don't want that to happen. To, you know, in all fairness, I, I, I wouldn't want that to happen because, you know, again, in in Junior's last four fights, last four fights knocked out, right? They were not good fights. So Cyril Gunn, Jarzinho Rosenstruck, Curtis Blades. Francis Ngannou, all knockouts, all kind of brutal knockouts, you know what I mean, Stipe knocked him out in the rematch, Overeem knocked him out, Yo Kane just, ugh, battered him in that third fight, so, yeah, and that was wearing UFC gloves, you know, ain't fair knuckle now. There's wrappings and all of that, but it's just, ah, uh, that you know, it'd be better if he just boxed. If he boxed, that would be, well, I mean, it's somewhat better, but you know, it's not when it comes to CTE. But uh, yeah, it, I think it would be better than bare knuckle. You know, I, I think if if Junior was to um, you know, continue, actually, if Junior was to continue, what I wouldn't mind seeing him do, go, get on the jiu-jitsu, uh, you know, circuit, do that, like, both guys are, um, yeah, I believe Overeem's a black belt, too, right, so both guys can, you mean, roll, right, that would be perfect, that would be perfect, if both, yeah, went on, do jiu-jitsu, maybe do uh, combat jiu-jitsu with Eddie, right, go go do that, that that would be pretty sick, right, maybe, um, you know, submission underground, I, I, I think I would prefer that, that would be great, but bare knuckle, urgh, no, no, not bare knuckle, like, go to Risen, you know, go to, uh, maybe go to one, but I mean, one, one's matchups, they're kind of fuckeries, man, some of those matchups, they're not, not the fairest, you know what I mean, it is kind of freak show shit, a little bit like pride, so I don't know about that, but, you know, there are a few other places, but yeah, if you really do need to fight on, do that, I would say, but not bare knuckle, man, not bare knuckle, but, you know, at the end of the day, it's up to those guys, so we will see, man, we will see, but it does look like there are options open for them. So, Paolo Costa, he's, uh, yeah, old Paolo, he's been about 
talking and um, talking about that loss to Israel Adesanya. And uh, it's not been great. <laughs> I mean, it's not been great, to uh, be honest with you people. But as you think, when was that fight? That fight was September last year. UFC 253, right? And he's still talking about it. It's one of those things where it's just like, just let it go, man. You know what I mean? Be like Frozen. <laughs> That's where you got to be with that shit, right? Because now, he said that the reason he lost was because he went into the ring drunk, right? He he went in still drunk and hungover because, now here's the excuse, he hadn't been sleeping, hadn't been sleeping and... You know, they, because of, you know, the schedule and the timings and everything like that, they had to leave for the arena at five, five in the morning. So it's two and he still can't sleep. So he had a glass of wine. That didn't work. Had another. That didn't work. All of a sudden he realizes, ah, oh, shit, I've drunk the bottle. Drunk the bottle, man. Right, so it's like, oosh, oh dear. He gets two and a half hours sleep, and um, yeah, he's drunk, right? And that's why he's saying he, uh, you know, put on the performance he put on. And look, there's a few things with, I mean, firstly, why are you even talking about this? Right, why are you even talking about this? Because the thing is, it you want us to believe this. You want to believe it, I mean, us to believe this is the reason. But originally, you said that you'd gone in with a leg injury. Right? You'd said you'd gone in, you had a leg injury, and that's why. And now, oh, this is the reason. So... Was there a leg injury? Or did, did you make that up? Right? Because either way, it, it's kind of showing that mm, maybe the things that come out of your mouth aren't always the truth. Right? So there is that. Then, now here's the big thing. If he was drunk, he they wouldn't have allowed him in the ring. Because... You have to get checked. It's not like you just, oh, you just go into the... No, you get checked. You get checked by, you know, a doctor and officials before you actually get into the motherfucking octagon. So if he was still, if he was drunk, like they would have all, you know what I mean? People would have smelt it. They would have seen in his reactions. Because, you know, it's the shining lights in the eyes and all of that bullshit. So they would have seen it, right? If he was that fucked up, he's not going to be able to uh, mask that. So they would have noted and he wouldn't have fought that fight. So there's that. <laughs> and the, I think one of the other things is he did nothing. 
he did nothing. You know, so you can say, oh, yeah, you know, my, my, uh, you know, my, my reaction to a done and I was drunk and, you know, that's why I wasn't as effective. But you did nothing. You literally did nothing. I don't, did he actually land a punch on Adesanya? You know, that, that, so it's like, if he had fought, but it, it was sloppy and all of this, you'd be like, okay, yeah, 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 yeah. But he did nothing at all in that fight, right? <sighs> so, listen, he might have drunk some wine. You know, maybe he drunk some wine, fine. But that's on, like, you know what your tolerance is, right? You know what your tolerance is. It's not like this is your first fight. So, yes, weight cutting, you know, that can impact it. Hot weather can impact it. But he trains in Brazil. You know what I mean? He trains in Brazil. He trained with the Pitbull brothers before this fight even, so he's been in hot conditions. Been in hot conditions. You know, that was um what I think that was how many fights was that? That was his 14th fight, right? He's 13 and 1. He was unbeaten going into that. So yeah, he'd had 13 fights before that. So he he understands the weight cut, he understands because Remember, he went to the Ultimate Fighter Brazil, right? Went to that, didn't get signed, but he was introduced to a lot of different things there because he was just a bodybuilder going into that tournament, right? So from that experience, and he said from that experience, that taught him so much about, you know, fighting and, you know, the skills he needed, and how he should be preparing, and, you know, the weight cut, and everything, so he understands all of that stuff, and he's around a lot of people that understand all of that stuff, right, so even if he, uh, he messed things up, he messed them up, right, that's on him, he fucked up, so just leave it alone, especially, especially when we're basically, what, six months gone from the motherfucking fight, leave it alone, you lost, so just focus on Robert Whittaker, because here's the issue, right, he's making up all of these excuses, making up all of these excuses to why he lost, so, without actually addressing possibly the, the real things, like maybe it was panic, maybe it was that, because, you know, that was the biggest fight of his career, that was a fight for the belt, right, so maybe it was stage fright, it was panic, maybe he froze, so w without, you know, Admitting to that He can't seek help So maybe a sports psychiatrist Is the thing that he needs But he's not addressing those things He's not addressing the fact He didn't check any of those leg kicks Right So You know If he's making up all of these excuses He might 
you know, face the same situation against Robert Whitaker. Right? So that's where he needs his focus. That's where he needs to be thinking. Because no one wants to see that rematch right now. So he needs to, you know, put on some really good performances to make anyone go, all right, yeah, let's run it back. Let's see that shit again. That's what needs to happen. So, yeah, it would be good if... um, you know, <laughs> Costa just stops, just stops, because everyone had moved on, everyone moved on, everyone was just, oh, Costa against Whitaker, that's going to be a good fight, right, that's where the focus was, so stop bringing us back to, you know, the fact that you shit the bed, let's not, right, let's not, move on, Costa, move on. So, the UFC 259 weigh-ins have now taken place, people And unlike the previous few weeks All is good All fights are intact Which, yo, that's a big one, right? It's a big one Because this card, so stacked You know what I mean? 15 fights that were real good, real good, interesting, fun-ass fights, so, um, yeah, it's great we don't lose one, you know, now, one fighter did unfortunately miss weight, and you gotta think, man, Joseph Benavidez, ah, man, sometimes he just can't cut a break, right, now it wasn't um it wasn't Joseph who missed weight, no. It was his opponent, Askar Askarov. So they are fighting at flyweight. And the flyweight limit is well, you know, it's 125 pounds. But for a non-title fight, there can be a pound allowance, you know? So that's 126. But unfortunately, Askarov weighed 127. 127, so not as egregious as some people, you know, that we've uh, seen of late, but it's still a miss, and, you know, you still then wonder what will he walk into the cage at, you know, tomorrow, now Benavides, he weighed in at 125 and a half, so he was all good, but yeah, um, you know, Askarov will be handing out some of his wage over to uh, Benavides, you know. But the fight is going on, so that is good. And yeah, title fights were all set, right? So, um, Pierre Young he came in at 135, bang on. Aljamain Sterling, he was a little under. He was 134 and a half. You know, which, uh, yeah, I mean, all that hard work, right? All that hard work, man, he's been burning them calories. So um, Amanda Nunes, she came in on the mark, 145. And yeah, Megan Anderson, she came in slightly under, like Aljo. She came in at 144 and a half, right? Very long frame. 
And with the uh, yeah, with the main fight, Jan Blakovic, he was again bang on the mark, two oh five. Now Adesanya, so the thing is, Adesanya was saying that he he wasn't looking to put on weight. He was going to come in at his normal weight. So I think the the wonder was, what's that going to be? Yeah, I mean, because I think, yeah, there was rumours that Adesanya walks around at about 190. So you're thinking, okay, 190. So it wasn't that light. You know, he, he actually weighed in at 200 and a half pounds. And that was while holding a pizza box on the scales. You know what I mean? So uh, he, he does like to bring some humour into things, you know, which hey, ain't a bad thing, right? Uh, so yeah, he, uh, you know, two hundred and a half. So he's four and a half pounds lighter, which, you know, I I I kind of feel that it is lighter, but I I think when you get over two hundred, right, when you get to that, it's big, right? So yeah, I I I mean, it's not as Crazy as um I think what it might have been. So if he had come in at 190, I think then you'd be like, yo, okay. But 200, I'm a bit like, eh, it's it's pretty much the same. You know what I mean? I think obviously the physiques are different. Like Blakovich is, I mean, he's like Stocky, I stocky, but Adesanya is lean. But then again, Adesanya has that lightning movement, right? Yan Yan doesn't. Now he's he's not necessarily a just straight up plodder. Like we saw him move very well against Reyes, you know, and especially whip those kicks, which were brutal. But remember, people, Adesanya, he was a kickboxer, right? So I think he can match those kicks, you know, and being 200 pounds, hey, that's, you know, that's going to pack a punch. That Getting hit by one of those punches or one of those kicks, that ain't going to be, uh, you know, that ain't going to be a little scratch. <laughs> so, yeah, I, I, I feel that although he is lighter, I, I I feel it's, you know, it's not bad, right? It's not bad. And, um yeah, Yan won't want to get hit. Won't want to be, be hit. Because those, those punches, those kicks will cause some damage. Will cause some damage. Now, all the other fights, yeah, all the other fights, or everyone else, nothing crazy. Nothing crazy. You know, Jake Matthews did come in at a hundred sixty nine and a half for his welterweight clash with Sean Brady, who weighed a hundred seventy and a half. But um, yeah, that yeah, everything else was um on point, right? No other issues. So now it's just a case, people, of uh, sitting back and watching all the action. When that hits tomorrow night. So yeah. Definitely looking forward to this one people. And fingers crossed. No issues tomorrow. You know what I mean?
fingers crossed, no issues tomorrow. Okay, people, so, uh, yeah, we're at the end of another episode. Now, there's not a ton of new fight news, but there are three fights on the horizon that uh, are pretty fun, right? So, uh, Taga Olabenkov, you know, he had to withdraw from his fight against Mafias Nikolu. Uh, but all is good because Manel Cap has, uh, yeah, he's decided to step in on late notice and take the fight that takes place next week on the 13th of March. So, you know what I mean? I think after Cap's, you know, UFC debut, he was a little tentative. So um, this will be his opportunity to uh, let it all go Really kind of show who Manel Cap is Now this, oh, 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 people, this is a fun one, right? So we move to May, and the 1st of May So Jigga Kadezi, he has been looking for a fight for a while Right, he's been saying people are ducking him and he can't get a break. Well, he got what he wanted, he is getting a fight because Cub Swanson has, uh, yeah, Cub Swanson has taken up the challenge. And Cub, oh, he's only got one way, and that's forward, man. So, uh, yeah, that's gonna be a fun fight. Then the following week on the 8th, Nicholas Motta will be fading Damir Hadzovic. So, uh, yeah, another good fight, people. But, yeah, that's it. So, um, you know, fights this weekend. I think Icon is tonight. I think. I'm going to have to double check that. And you've got the uh, all-ladies boxing pay-per-view headed up by Clarissa Shields. I don't even know where that ship, where I'm going to see that. But if I can, we'll talk about it on Monday. But people, what we will be talking about for sure is UFC 259. So um, people, enjoy the fights. And we'll see you on Monday, alright? Peace! Don't get your mouth